We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We podcasted for a long time, and I know how much you love Dynasty Fantasy Football, especially in the offseason. So the only, the only decision was to have you back uh, to continue the conversation on uh, on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Alan Sislowski. Follow me at Alan Sislowski on Twitter and all social media. And of course, I'm back with the Geek from DFS Army, the Sharp app. Follow him at FFootballGeek. And today, I want to talk about dynasty breakouts for 2023. And what do I mean by that, Geek? There's a couple different ways we can go with this. Well, at first, you know, when I told you the topic, how did you interpret this? You know, it's interesting. So I, I was kind of between sleepers, you know, people that kind of late rounders that I think have a shot at breaking out, or it's players that have eff- effectively established themselves, but maybe the field hasn't picked up on that. They're going to be superstars just yet. So I've got sort of two categories that I, that I put this into. Yeah. And when a lot of times when I invite people on the podcast, I give them the topic, they would say, well, what do you mean? What, what does that mean? And I say, it's open for interpretation. Now, if there's something specific I want to drill down on, of course, I'll, I'll be a little bit more specific, but I always like how people come up with uh, these, you know, kind of broad-based terms and interpret it. So uh, that's what we're land today. I see it more as players. There's two categories. Like last year, for example, Amon Ross St. Brown, he had like an epic run for the last seven, eight games, but people weren't sure if that was because of TJ Hawkinson wasn't there and DeAndre Swift wasn't there. So he was not being drafted as a top five, top 10 wide receiver. So he would have been qualified as a breakout. Another player could have been a, a tight end that maybe hadn't hit yet. Or, But re- basically, these are the players that I want to talk about today that I think it's over. It's okay. I'm, we're giving you permission to either aggressively target in your startup drafts, which this is startup season, or overpay for in a trade. And we don't mean mortgage your team, but okay to give a little bit more. And we'll just give like a little example of this was a couple of weeks ago uh, before the Minnesota game, the Giants and Minnesota game. I'm talking about the regular season game. I identified, and I know you agreed with me, Daniel Jones as a breakout yes. quarterback for next year. So I overpaid for him. I know you got some good deals on him, but I overpaid for him. But today it looks like an underpay. So we're going to talk about breakout candidates today. And who do you think might be like, who's one of the guys that you're you're looking at when we start, when we get into our startup drafts right now, that you're going to be aggressively targeting or overpaying for on some of your existing teams? I, I do have a name, but I, but I want to go back to your Daniel Jones example to sort of talk about how I think this should be approached as well. Um, so Daniel Jones is the perfect example, right? And, and even a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about it and him breaking out, and of course, I think the, the playoff game has now sealed him in, but not really. He still should be counted on this list because effectively, this is a player that the perception on, the public perception on, even after this little bit of a breakout, is probably still lower than where it should be. So what I mean is there's still that thought that like, you know, oh, I have Kyler Murray. Oh, he's way better than Daniel Jones. But what? What? That's not the same. But is he? You know what I'm saying? Is he? Or or isn't he? You know, we get to the point where so so the people who who are thinking about a player like Daniel Jones, they kind of have formed a long term like, oh, this guy's terrible. Oh, I hope he becomes an NFL player. Oh my God, this might be my opportunity to sell. So there there are these players that 
what, what I would say is you could take him ahead of ADP, just like what Daniel Jones is. So I'm going to give you my first player on this list. And this isn't some garbage player, but it's a player that I think perception remains a little bit lighter than reality for. That's Devontae Smith of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the reason I'm using... So I hope this fits what you're talking about. But for me, Devontae Smith going into this year, for example, was one of these guys where you're kind of like, man, I'm not so sure about him. Um, You know, skinny. Uh, He was an early pick, but he hasn't quite paid off yet. Had a couple big games. Was very volatile. I saw a shift this year. I mean, Smith was getting seven, eight targets every single game. No kind of shedding the the Deshaun Jackson sort of one hitter GP, you know, tournament best ball special kind of guy that can't give you consistent production. He gave you consistent production with an elite long-term QB. So well, let me ask you Devontae this, Smith. Let me ask you. Okay. So he, so Devontae Smith, and uh, this is an interesting name because people are like, wait a second. Devontae Smith finished as the wide receiver nine in early dynasty ADP. He's going in the second round. So uh, like towards the end, but the thing that you pointed out in our last podcast was that you don't, it's not the reason that he could be considered a quote, a breakout. And you could argue that he already broke out. I don't think anyone's going to argue that, but you're saying that there's really not that much difference between him and AJ Brown anymore. Whereas the perception is that AJ Brown on Philadelphia is more of a consistent high upside producer. And Smith is more of this boomer bus guy, but just one quick, one quick look at the game log shows that that is not the case anymore. So uh, I think that does qualify as a breakout because if you want to go run, and, you know, this is going to be a wide receiver heavy year in dynasty in the first round. And if you were going to take Jonathan Taylor, if you want to take Kenneth Walker in the first round and still have a top 10 wide receiver early in the late in the second round, Smith might be your guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm again, I'm still taking AJ Brown ahead of him, but realistically yeah there, there's not a clear difference between those two um you know Devonte smith has as much or he has more draft capital effectively than aj brown does so yeah why is he going i, I see so you you have a list that says he's in the first round or, or going in the top 12 i'm looking at a different list where they have him uh at the uh you know in the 17th overall wide receiver and i think i can name six or seven or eight wide receivers that i'm very comfortable pushing him ahead of but you know maybe the field is pushing up already yeah, no, you could be right. I would say that he would go in the either late second, mid third. But yeah, no, what you're saying, there's still value to be mine there. Uh, if you're in a startup draft and you took him on the one-two turn, you're not going to say, oh, that's a bad pick. You, you don't yeah. mind that pick is what you're but, saying. But you might get him later. But I, I think even more important than that is because perception versus reality, he's the kind of player you might be able to get in a trade. So if, if somebody's coveting you know, an early pick for a quarterback and you need to, you know, whatever, whatever kind of trades you're working in the offseason, He's a player that I keep in mind, like the person who has him, you know, probably is happy with him after this year. But, yeah, you know, that's gonna, perception. What you're saying is that even lower. you don't mind you don't mind because you can't get Justin Jefferson in Dynasty. It's it's like nearly impossible. I know that you actually pulled off a caper with him a couple of years ago, but you paid a dear price. You paid a quarterback. You paid Justin Herbert in a Superflex League. But even I, I like what you're saying here because Devontae Smith has not reached that that level yet. You you can't he is acquirable, even though it will cost you, he is acquirable. So my the the first player that I've identified that's in this same vein, not like sneaky breakout, and we'll get to some of those players, is I think Jerry Judy's grossly undervalued. Geek, when the when the money was on the table in week 14, which essentially is a is a fantasy playoff week for a lot of teams, like you needed to win and get in all the way through the end of the season. Take a guess without looking where, what wide receiver rank did Jerry Judy finish in the final five weeks of the season? Listen, Judy had a really strong finish. I, I would imagine he was top 12 or top 10. Yeah. You should imagine that because he was wide receiver one. Was he? Yeah. Wide receiver one. Now it was buoyed by a massive three touchdown performance, but you know what? He had that massive three touchdown performance. Cortland Sutton has one top 40 finish in, I think, the last four or five years. Jerry Judy is the prospect we thought he was. Now, maybe, sorry, let me reverse that. Maybe he's not what you thought he was. He's going to be Amari Cooper dominant. But what did we say about Amon Ross St. Brown? Who is that player who finished strong that everyone's going to make excuses why they shouldn't be considered in the top 10? And the beautiful thing about Jerry Judy is he's probably going to be around wide receiver 18, 15 in dynasty startup drafts. 
this is a player that I'm aggressively targeting in trades because he is acquirable and I think could not only break out in 2023, but then we're talking about him similarly to how you're talking about Devontae Smith. I, I love the pick of Judy, and it does reminisce uh, Amon Ra last year. Um, and I think more importantly than anything else, we, we could feel confident at this point that Cortland Sutton is not that guy, right? Like he's had his chance. He's, had he's fine. Chance. There's he's nothing fine, wrong with but, him. Yeah. But he's not that guy, right? So what does that mean? So Cortland Sutton's going to be a nice WR2, and he's going to get some targets. But it, but Jerry Judy it, for that team is going to be that guy. Um, I like the new coach situation for Denver. Can't be worse. <laughs> it can't be worse. Yep. Yeah, I'm just double-checking, man. Can't Jerry Weeks 14 through 18. And again, I'm cherry-picking weeks, but we're trying to look at players that finish the season strong, that would definitely be one of them. He's super acquirable. If you're selling, if you're selling like your old running back, yeah, you know, uh, let me let me give an example trade for my win later team, right? My team's not win now. I got Dalvin Cook on the team. That's the perfect guy. I am dangling Dalvin to the Jerry J. Like you're not getting Devontae Smith for Dalvin Cook, but you could probably get Jerry Judy. And, and that guy's like, well, you know, Jerry Judy's a you know, the owner, the Jerry Judy owner's probably thinking this is a first round pick you know that value but i'm not getting more than that you know that kind of thing like the late first value which is what you get for the older you know gives you one or two more years of starter running back action like aaron jones can can i get jerry judy for aaron jones right now yeah why not i mean it again it, aaron jones is a little bit more in flux because we don't know where he's yeah. going to be next year but i think you identified the perfect guy if you uh if you have alvin kamara if you have uh, Dalvin Cook on your roster, and you're looking to get rid of them for a young asset. There is a, a because when you look at the overall rankings for if, when, for 2022, Judy is. Let's see where Judy ranks. I mean, he probably got boosted in the last couple seasons, but I don't believe. Okay, he's wide receiver 22. So a lot of your league makes going to say, okay, he's a mid wide receiver 22. They're going to look at a lot of credible dynasty rankings and see him as wide receiver 18. And they're going to feel like, okay, this is a dynasty trade I could make. But let's isolate. Like I said, let's go through that exercise yeah. that we've been talking about on the on your podcast for many years. Who are the guys that finish strong, that we believe are on an upward trajectory? We think that this was the floor season for Denver. I mean, everything went wrong, right? Everything went wrong. It can only go up from here. And even if it stays the same or it gets a little bit better, that's you're, you're going to break even on Jerry Judy. Give me another player that you're looking in 2023 that could break out for your dynasty league. All right. So I've got, I've got another one here and I think you'll get this guy for cheaper. So it's KJ Osborne. And, and what I like about KJ, I think, I feel like we've seen a breakout with him. Um, and the biggest thing is, listen, Adam Thielen is aging out of the league. I do not feel that he will be back playing football next season. And if he is, it, it will be in a diminished capacity for his team. So KJ Osborne is effectively the full scale WR2 right now. For the Viking, it's interesting. A lot of these are, by the way, are wide receiver. I couldn't think of any running backs really on this list. But um, for KJ Osborne, I'm not talking about something where we're trying to trade first rounders for this guy. He's more of a throw in piece for a trade that you're putting together. But his workload has increased. The touchdowns have been there this year. And I think he's going to be a guy that you can actually start on your team at this point, whereas going into last year, he was a guy that you're like, Oh, in an emergency pull, you know, break glass in case of emergency this year, you're like, all right, you know, I'm going to start him as my WR, my flex wide receiver, or even a WR three. I think he's, he's moving into WR three territory this year. Yeah. I'm looking at KJ Osborne. What a strong finish to the season, man. I mean, if you just look at those, uh, like again, weeks 14 through, uh, through 18, uh, just, you know, he had even buoyed by a 16 target game. I mean, yeah, that was crazy. just an, yeah. But if you look at him over that, that same period, I mean, we, I almost looked at him as like an outlier, but in that same time span, let's take a guess from weeks 14 through 18 geek. Where did KJ Osborne finish in wide receiver uh, ranking fantasy points? Well, uh, top 15 wide receiver seven. There you go. Yeah, and again, it's not like we you're going to have to – you'll probably have to draft K.J. Osborne outside the top 36. Like, Calvin Ridley is going to go before K.J. Osborne. Darnell Mooney is going to go before these guys. So I think that's a, a really good pick. Uh, in fact, 
that's exactly the type of guy that you want. You can get as your wide receiver four, wide receiver five in these Stonyacy startups. You talked about him as a throw-in piece. I think that's the, the 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 play right there, right? You're looking at someone's roster. They have Osborne. You're trying to make a bigger deal. Uh, give me KJ Osborne, and you could have a guy that you plug in there. And if Adam Thielen doesn't return or is t- completely marginalized, Osborne, we've seen him produce. He's like one of those names that's just kind of a boring name that produces fantasy points. So good pick there. All right. Since we, you know, we gave you, since Geek gave you a nice boring one, I'll give you one with a little bit more juice. But I think this is not going to be, again, not sneaky. He's just going to be on a lot of breakouts list. But someone that I want to get on my rosters is going to be Chig Conquo, the tight end on the Tennessee Titans. Now, ten, uh, tight ends tend to take three, four years to develop and really fully realize. So when you see a rookie tight end flash a little bit, you really need to take notice. I mean, you have to be more forget draft pedigree because I think he was like a fourth or later round pick. When you have someone like Chiggy, I mean, he's shown us more fantasy wise than Kyle Pitts. Now, again, I'm not suggesting he'll go ahead of Kyle Pitts or that you should do that. But if you're continuing to play the weight on tight end game in your in your startup draft, if you're trying to trade for a tight end. And he's he's a trendy name, so he's not going to be cheap. But when you get on the clock in your rookie draft, for example, and you have picked 2.3, right, and you like one of the running backs there and you like one of the wide receivers there, you might be able to get a Conquo plus something else back. Like he might be uh, a player where you can move from 2.3 back to 2.9 in your rookie draft, and the price of that to that fantasy manager is a Conquo, and you might have a top 12. He, he basically was geek what we thought Albert O was going to be this year. Yeah, no, um, Chig was a, a DFS darling for the last weeks of the season. Uh, we were loading up on him each week. It was great. The price was right. 2,700, you know, it was, he was stoneman salary for a few weeks. And that, that it's funny because the Titans team didn't really have much going on at quarterback, but yet they had nothing going on at wide receiver either. So they had to throw it to him. He, he looks the part. So I, I like the Chig pick. Um, he, Will he be a he, top 12-er next year? I mean, this look, remember what the definition of a top 12 tight end means. So there's six guys we like, and again, I have to just do the actual count. And then from tight end 7 to tight end 17, it's who, who who's your favorite upside guy? I mean, that's really all it is, right? It's like, who do you believe can break out? Because tight end 8 every year is always the guy that has 7 touchdowns plus or 10 touchdowns plus. Yeah. It's Kate Otten. Or is it Chig? You know, you can't tell me which one of those guys is going to finish higher. So top 12 tight end is a little bit of a cop-out. It just means that these guys have some upside, some juice that can finish as a top eight tight end. Now, I'm not sure that that's sexier than my KJ Osborne pick. <laughs> well, yours is, uh, yours is sneakier. I'll give uh, you that. I'll throw you I'll throw you another one in this same zone. And and this is off list, but Greg Dolchich, the same thing. Dolchich yeah. on, the, on, the, um, on the Broncos. Broke out, looked great. Um, targets there. So I would put him in that same exact category, uh, a little more, maybe even a little more draft capital. Than- I tend to, I tend to agree with you on Dulcich. The only thing that concerns me with him. And again, I'm, I'm, this is team Dulcich right here is that when once the, uh, Nate Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett was fired and then they brought the, uh, then Albert O got his chance. He definitely popped a little bit as we thought we would. So he could be in competition there, but that said, Dulcet showed us something in his rookie year. So I'm just pushing back, even though I'm more on, I am on your side on this one. So yeah, I, think I think that, Oh, see, I'm, I'm, you're hoping that it was the badness of Hackett that caused Albert O's non-use. I kind of think it's just because Albert O maybe isn't that guy that we thought. All right. So you said on your list that you don't have any running backs. I'm going to put a couple running backs into the ether here and then let's, let's debate them. So when we talk about breakout running backs, we're talking about guys that can over deliver their ADP, right? That you could, that are acquirable, that it's okay to overpay for them in your dynasty trades to aggressively attack them in dynasty startup drafts. And for, I was on fade JK Dobbins for all, all off season because of the injury. He showed me enough now. And again, who knows what that team's going to look like, but young running backs are nearly impossible to get in, in dynasty fantasy football. They are gold. I mean, obviously you have to overpay for them. Wide receivers, even though they produce more, sometimes it's just, just, they're not as valuable in the trade market. So Dobbins, Akers, James Cook are the three 
players that I think can really break out in 2023. Yeah, I, I like I like all three of them, right? So we we definitely saw that Cam Akers was installed as the lead back for his team for whatever that's worth. I don't think he's locked into going to be the guy there long term or anything like that. Um, but on Akers or Dobbins, you said on Akers, I don't think he's absolutely locked into the role. Dobbins is pretty well locked into that role. So w- what you're going to get with Dobbins is a guy we loved coming out of college. Got injured. We all soured on the injury, plus the situation, the no passes to the running back on that team. Never, never my favorite. But you know what? He comes back from injury this year, looks the part, gets his healing year in, which we know these these knee injury guys, they need that next year to heal. It doesn't go well, uh, by the way. And that is, you know, the, the Sislowski theory that i've i've accepted after all of these years like don't just play these guys after their injury year they don't do well and sometimes by the way they'll go adrian peterson on you they'll they'll have a huge knee injury and then they'll win the uh, mvp whatever it is the next year the rushing title it's but you'll always make money betting against that well that that's what i was going to say you know sometimes in in um in these wagering games that we play if you take a something that ha- occurs more often than not and you just make it hey this is my thing and I'm not going to do I'm not going to do this thing where I count on players off knee injuries you're going to be happier long term like more often than not a higher percentage of the time that's going to be the right call so you have to ignore the outliers like the Adrian Peterson no worries you know I'll come back 3 months after an Achilles and and I'll be fine yeah, and just for note-keeping purposes, Akers, again, I was out on Akers. I was out on him after Achilles. I was out on him drafting him in the third, not fourth Achilles. round. He was, uh, he was not. Oh, no, he was Achilles, right? Akers was an Achilles, yeah. yeah, yeah. And listen, but he impressed me. He came back now. It's a couple years removed. He was RB4 down the stretch, weeks 14 through 18. And the reason we're, we're looking at that is because that's when the fantasy money was on the table. It's not everything, but if there's a player that finishes strong, well, you'll hear this theme throughout our Dynasty series on the Rotowire podcast feed. And there's and they're on the ascension, young, still young, right? I think he's gained the trust of of the team to be the workhorse. Now, there's no such thing as a true. There's very few true workhorse running backs in the NFL. I think Acres, you can basically pencil him in as the favorite to get 65 to 70 percent of the workload. And even in a bad setup, he produced. And maybe when the setup's better, they won't need him as much. But Acres showed me something. So I and he's very acquirable. And it's easy to see him being a top five running back in fantasy football. Um, the the Rams, you know, the people are going to think of the Rams as we thought of Seattle last year. Oh, this is a horrible team. They're not going to win any games. But there's always a team that breaks out and, and overperforms expectation. I was going to ask you about the Rams. You know, do you think they can like they just had a disastrous year? Everything went wrong. Do we think the Rams can really turn this around next year and just kind of go back to being the Rams of old? They've still got the defense in place. It was a really, is it a couple of offensive line pieces, another wide receiver? What Can they flip this thing around? Put it this way. They, I don't know if they can go back to being the Rams Super Bowl team, but they can certainly go back to being a fringe playoff team like or make the seven seed just like Seattle did this year. So I think... You know, it's if a Super Bowl season's an outlier and this disaster season's an outlier, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle, right? Where they're like a fringe playoff team, a seven seed, a six seed. So, and I think for fantasy football and especially for dynasty uh, players, dynasty players are going to ignore their their pieces. Even Cooper Cup is going to fall like a stone because of age, because of you know, uh, because of the injury. Injury, yeah, yeah, that'll but. Do if we look up and Cooper Cup is wide receiver four after the first month of the season, wide receiver three, it'll shock nobody. All right, Geek, uh, just a little housekeeping before we continue on. I want to talk about James Cook in a moment. Is that if you love dynasty fantasy football and you love conversations like this, just consider hitting the like button, subscribe to the Rotowire YouTube channel, uh, and you'll get notifications when we put up new videos every week. And also, right now, uh, we started a new dynasty show on SiriusXM. You can uh, you can see that anytime it's called the Dynasty Hour. The Dynasty Hour. If you have SiriusXM, just search in the app the Dynasty Hour, and we put up two new episodes talking about all things dynasty. One episode with Jordan McNamara, one episode with the Podfather. And and the Geek will certainly be up there once we schedule more episodes. If you uh, want to follow The Geek, as I do, go to F Football Geek on Twitter and also the Sharp app uh, if you like, for all your betting needs in uh, the, uh, the NFL playoffs and Super Bowl. All right, Geek, we are back talking about dynasty breakouts for 2023, players that we don't mind overpaying for or aggressively tacking in our drafts. 
I, I brought up James Cook. Walk me through a little bit on the Buffalo Bills situation as you see it playing out as Devin Singletary is a free agent next year. Yeah, um, you know, one of the nice things about this pick is, you know, Cook has effectively surpassed Devin Singletary already on this team. He's getting more snaps, so it's now about a 55-45 split for Cook. Cook does things that that just work better. Think of Cook as kind of like... Tony Pollard is that that example, right? And I, I think Cook has that Tony Pollard level upside, but more on a regular basis, meaning I do think that the Bills will still bring in a bruiser because James Cook is very small. He he is not the normal size of an NFL running back. Um, he's under 200 pounds or, or right at or under 200. He's not the right size to smash one in the goal. But the Bills don't really do a lot of smash one in with the running back at the goal line anyway. That role on the Bills, the, the grinder role, is not worth much. But the role that Cook plays, and if he continues to improve his pass blocking and his ability to be on the field a little bit longer, is probably going to be very valuable on a Bills team that does want to throw the football even to the running back. They just want to throw, and they want to be in a position to have weapons, pass pass catching weapons all over the place. That's how they like to design their offense. That's how it's been. Um, I I think yeah. I, I don't I don't. But what I don't think about Cook is I don't think you're getting Austin Eckler 2.0 here. Yeah. I don't think but, that he'll be. They'll get to a point where he's like, you know, a 20 plus touch guy. Well, uh, Cook's value is a little bit more insulated in fantasy football because of the pass catching chops. He does, you know, we, we always talk about how some of the the running backs who produced this year, like Tyler Algier on the Atlanta Falcons, like Damian Pierce on the Houston Texans, they have to dodge all of these free agent signings and being drafted over. Remember, James Cook was a second round pick in the real NFL draft. He has high pedigree. There's almost zero chance that the Buffalo Bills will take a first round running back. But I think you're right. I think that uh, James Cook's value will will not be hurt if they sign a quote bigger back like David Montgomery is going to be out there. Deontay Foreman's going to be out there. Players like that. So. I mean, there's almost nobody out there. I mean, I guess they could theoretically steal Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs. I mean, those are going to be the two players that I think that could destroy another uh, player's fantasy value. But other than that, when you look down the list of free agents, when you look down the likelihood of them drafting, James Cook's value could be similar. And yes, he's not. There's no Austin Eckler out there. It's it's that's Christian McCaffrey. It's Austin Eckler when you're talking about the elite pass catchers. But he could be like what like a Danny Woodhead was or James White in the yeah. peak of his uh, I think he could be better than James White. Like that that's where I'm going with it. I think he's be- he's probably a better asset. James White was never somebody that you're just, you know, he was he was always a volatile play. I think d- what we've seen from James Cook is he can he can he could produce every week. Like he doesn't need a special game flow. There he's he could produce every week, but he's not going to be giving you the 30s and the 40s, but he's a nice yeoman like you know, when he's having a good game, you could get a, you know, you could approach 20 fantasy points with it. And I think that'll be fairly consistent with the role that they have. If he's in that 50% role and the pass catching chops, he's going to get you. You'll be fine with him as your RB2. All right. So because you said that you focused mostly on wide receivers, I wanted to stick with the running back position. And we're talking about dynasty breakouts, players that could really take their game from fantasy football to the next level. And that might be worth overpaying for in a trade might be over uh, drafting. When I say overdrafted, just aggressively drafting. Well, let me, and- let me, let me throw this at you because you mentioned a player's name and I want to get your opinion on him. Um, you mentioned uh, Jake, Josh Jacobs and you know, free agent, free agent now. Let's assume he goes back to the Raiders, which might happen, although we don't know. Is Josh Jacobs considered a breakout? Can we just say whoever's signing this guy, they're signing him to be the featured back? Like, has he done enough to where we can say maybe even the, the Josh Jacobs owner is nervous about where he might end up? Maybe now is the time to try to acquire him. He thinks he's getting one over on you, but you're getting one over on him. It's the old, it's the old double switch, the old yeah. switcheroo. Now, just keep in mind that traditionally, and this narrative is is powerful because it's true, that second contract running backs, that's usually a bad bet. You end up with someone, like from a team's perspective, like Zeke Elliott, right, who it certainly he's not what he was in his first contract. Keep in mind that Josh Jacobs, 
came out as a 20 year old, came out into the NFL. So he's only going to be, he's not even 25 years old yet, geek. So you're getting a, a running, an elite running back. And I, was, I think Josh Jacobs, he was elite pedigree, right? He was drafted in the first round of the real NFL draft. He's produced multiple top 12 seasons. I know that it was a cut. His value was down last year because maybe he didn't meet expectation the years before. That's a leak in a lot of dynasty players games, but that Josh Jacobs, he, Yes, he could transcend situation. Now, of course, there's a few situations where he's paired up with uh, an existing uh, top 15 back that could cap his ceiling, but that's probably not who's going to look to sign him, right? I mean, for example. Who's paying? You're not paying him if you have a, a good running back on your team. Right, but let's say, for example, someone like the Giants lose Barkley. You could easily see someone like uh, Josh Jacobs going to the Giants, right? You could see the, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of different, and that's what's so interesting about the 2023 free agent class. Not even to mention yet, sprinkling in uh, a cup. There's a th- the depth of the running back class of the rookies coming in. It's so deep this year. Now, there's a couple elite guys, and we'll get into our rookie breakdowns when we get into them. Uh, and that also begs the question, what should the NFL do? Should they have free agency first or should they have the rookie draft first and then have free agency? It's it's a chicken or the egg thing. I go back and forth on it. Uh, but you talked about Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's an elite piece. I, I don't know if he qualifies as a breakout. I think that there is some uncertainty there, which you identified. And the uncertainty is where will he land? And if someone's saying, mm, I'm not sure if it's going to be a good situation. Yeah, I still think he's, quote, viable in dynasty because of that uncertainty. If he goes back to the Raiders, I think that's the optimal situation. Uh, but I was about to bring up is, is Khalil Herbert on the Chicago bears. Cause David Montgomery is a free agent. I, it's, I mean, I guess it's possible that he resigns, but I had this argument with some of our friends over at player profiler and they they're seeing him as ascending to the top of the depth chart. I almost am penciling in veteran X coming over and Khalil Herbert being in a timeshare. So I guess uh, I was so clear on this and they were so clear on this. Where do you fall? I mean, if David Montgomery leaves, what would you say the percentage chance of Khalil Herbert getting a credible backfield mate? And is he someone worth overpaying for in fantasy drafts? Listen, Chicago has so much money to spend. Um, Mm. They're, they're bringing in a running back. This guy, Khalil Herbert is very much like James Cook. He is just way too small to shoulder the load. He, he doesn't have the sizing for it. He's had a couple good games. I like Khalil Herbert, and he's had a few good games um, when given the opportunity to start for his team. But now they have a quarterback that's really not dumping down to the running back as much. Never expect running quarterbacks to throw to their running back. That is just not their instinctual thing that they do when they're in trouble. They run it. So Khalil Herbert's very much a design run guy. I like Khalil, but I, I'm on your side with this one. I don't I don't think his role changes that much. It could. It could. But more likely they bring in a fatty to take the role. And Josh Jacobs seems like a reasonable guy that they might get for that role. So, you know, somebody like that could even they could bring in a stud like a Jacobs. They have the money. Or they could draft. They got the draft capital. There, that's so the, many things. That's the problem is that he Khalil Herbert was a, a late round pick, I believe a sixth or a seventh round pick in the real NFL draft. And he could easily get drafted. Good player, good player, but not someone that I think you want to be overly aggressive on uh, with that expectation that he's going to be a top 12, top 15 running back uh, week in and week out. With, with that said, he is a nice late round sort of guy that you want to throw on the back end of your roster, knowing that, hey, maybe. You know, and he's also a number two back, and we love number two backs that can, you know, one hit away from being a starter for a few games. I love having guys like that on my dynasty team, even if I don't think, you know, we're going to get an RB12 here. See, I, I think that there's going to be um, more, and we we know our friend the Podfather has an influential podcast, and if he's out there touting him, you and I are not going to get him because, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, he's going to juice him up to top Good. 20 running. Yeah, so that's fine. Just, Thank you know, those. All right, I want to throw it because we're – we're going to try to keep this podcast tight, Geek. So um, wh- a couple more names I want to throw out there for you is uh, TJ Hawkinson. And again, not as a breakout, but just more would you aggressively dr- – I basically in Dynasty have him as the tight end two at this point. You know, every, um, And you say, wait a second, tight end two? Uh, yes, I'm still drafting old man Travis Kelsey as a tight end one. Um, I understand if someone takes Kyle Pitts uh, or Mark Andrews, you know, but I'm just saying is that I'm going to wait and see where Hawkinson falls. I'm not going to be aggressive on him in the second round, but I think any time in the third round, you've already seen that he, he is the perfect floor ceiling guy, 
age adjusted as well. Uh, right now, Hawkinson, let me give you his exact age. Uh, Hawkinson is 25 and a half years old. Okay. So I'm actually going to be more, I'm going to be a little bit more steadfast in this. Hawkinson's my tight end too. I don't think you're going to have to draft him there. I think he'll probably be three or four. And you say, wait a second, that's not that big of a difference, but that could be a round and a half difference. One of the things I love about this pick, and I, I agree with you, we've seen the breakout of Hawkinson. We saw another good game uh, the other day. He's on the right team at the right time in the right place and all of that. Um, but one of the things I really like about him is exactly what you just said. You can you can let the draft tell you when he needs to be drafted because you know if you're pushing him up ahead of even even Pitts, Pitts yeah, in Dynasty, Pitts, Pitts is going to go before him. He will definitely go before him. So, but Pitts might go really. You might be able to wait a few rounds after Pitts. Pitts you still I, think Pitts is going to go like like round two in yeah, Dynasty? He, might. he mm -hmm. might. There are Pitts believers, and by the way, Pitts hasn't disproven himself. It's just there's no quarterback there. We'll see. You know, just still waiting. Right. I think they'll get a QB. Stay with this. Stay with this topic. What if they sign, like, what if they trade for Lamar Jackson? I'm just giving you, like, the craziest yeah, hypothetical. I, I, that's great. I mean, P Lamar Jackson made Mark Andrews a superstar. Fine by me. Fine by so, me. So then like you're back. You're in on Pitts as a second-round pick, tight end one, if if they get, uh like, a well-above-average quarterback. Atlanta, Look, we're talking if, about. If I'm win now, I, I cannot take in a in startup, startup draft, draft. Everyone's I, win now. I, I have never achieved a Travis Kelsey in a startup draft. I have never gotten him. I don't think it's going to start happening now that he's turned 37 or however old he is. <laughs> 34. He'll Whatever. Be, he's 30. Yeah, he'll be 34. He's the same thing. He's old, right? It's not happening for me. There's always someone who's going to take, you know, I'm a late tight ends guy anyway. That's just how I, I don't know. You haven't have learned it. your lesson with that yet though? No, no. Cause I keep winning leagues. So I can't learn the lesson until I start <laughs> losing these leagues that I've been doing this in. So yes, I, I'm, I'm a late round tight end guy. I, I cannot fathom That's fair. taking a 34 year old player in the second round, which is where Kelsey goes. And then Pitts, who hadn't been productive at all has been going like right before him, which I haven't done. So, but yeah, I mean, Pitts is your, is your, is your canary in the coal mine. When Pitts comes flying out of the coal mine, I don't, what is a canary in a coal? What is that? What it's, is that expression? The expression is that the old miners used to make they they couldn't test poisonous gas, so they would throw a canary in the coal mine, and if the canary died, that means uh, that that if the bird died, that means that you shouldn't go in there because it's poisonous gas. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's basically, yeah, I don't, it's basically, it's a test case to see if something works. And if it does, if it doesn't work, then you don't, you don't do it. I'm not sure if that, if that, it's a, um, analogy it's a low, appropriate for what I was saying, but <laughs> you asked I, so. if it comes out of the coal mine, is it, you, you know, know effectively is? when Pitts goes, then you're like, all right, all right. Now, I, now I need to 
start looking for Hawkinson. Let's let's watch here. If Andrews is still on the board, depending on how that happens, he goes. You know, so you're if you want to make sure he's on your team, you let one of those players determine when to take him in the draft. But I like it. I think Hawkinson's every bit the, the upside is exactly the same as Andrews or or Pitts anyway. Like Hawkinson's yeah. a first round pedigree, and he's at the right age. You know, it takes three years for a tight end to figure out how to play the position. And he's um, going so, year five, and he's fully broken out. I just want to, so since we're trying to wrap these things up, we're going to give you a couple more, uh, a couple more the dynasty breakouts, players that you should aggressively target in your startup drafts. Even, you know, again, maybe overpay by a round or two. Um, you tell me, because this is more of a DFS guy, wait, but wait, I got to stop you. I got, there's one more tight end. Well, hold on a second. You'll, you'll, I'll let you get there. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I was going to say is you tell me, cause this is more of a, of a DFS, uh, darling, but I, I saw enough from Rashid Shahid on uh, New Orleans saints. And I understand that, you know, drafters are going to aggressively go after Chris Alave as they should. I wouldn't fault anyone for taking him in the second round of dynasty startup drafts, uh, certainly in round three. But Shahid looks like that piece that fits uh, is a good complimentary piece. And, even though he came out of nowhere, I mean, in our 30 man leagues, you know, basically where we roster 30, 35 players, he was on the waiver wire. So is, I, you don't have to go into a whole long explanation, but is, is Shahid someone that we should be making sure that we put, go up around once ADP settles in, in our dynasty leagues to go get? Yeah, I like him as a piece. I'm not going to go crazy, but, um, you know, I think they'll have more options at wide receiver part. Yeah. Opportunity was a big part of why he broke out. So why no wouldn't the opportunity maintain? I mean, he showed that yeah, he could do it. it. Yeah, I, I, no problem there. I mean, I, I don't love the Saints in general. They have weird situations going on, a quarterback and 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 players coming back. And Mike, uh, Mike Thomas is hanging around just pretending mm. like he's an I'm not banking player. on I'm not no. banking on him. No, I don't, right, mind. You, I don't mind. You said you had a tight end for us. So, yeah, who's I, you a, know what? This is the ultimate guy for this list because people still think of him as kind of a turd, and he's not. Evan Ingram. Oh, no. Evan Ingram, he's going to be top five drafted next year. Guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it. Would you take Evan Ingram or would you take Darren Waller in a dynasty startup? It's not even close, right? I mean, it's funny because I'm looking at lists where they haven't. So I I guess, you know, you're on the the, the, – Actual, I'm looking like at ADP. You're looking at is super sharp. Because, well, I'm looking at actual drafts. That, yeah, uh, that have happened. Who, who's drafting now? Only lunatics. Like you have to be a dynasty <laughs> maniac to be drafting right now. So I think you're looking at effectively one of the sharpest ADPs. When you get to regular ADP, this guy will be out of. Remember, up until this year, Evan Ingram was a ball dropping, you know, clown that you were upset about. He was on your team. You watch him drop the passes, couldn't get it right. I saw this guy this year make catches that looked like uh you know elite wide receiver great i mean this guy was out there looking like the you know the best versions of um you know fitzgerald larry fitzgerald at times i'm like what i'm gonna give i'm gonna give you credit here that you're right once they once the the uh startup season happens and there's more people coming into dynasty now than ever before i have get my dms i get at least four or five, maybe eight DMs a week, especially now that we started this show, I expect it to double. People saying, how can I get into a dynasty league? And you're right. Evan Ingram won't be a top five drafted tight end in most leagues. He'll probably go like eight, nine, and certainly inside the top 12. I mean, that's a given. But again, I mean, think about this. Who would you rather have? Geek, one word answer here. Darren Waller or Evan Ingram for dynasty? Ingram, but I'll give you a would you rather where I might go the other way. You know, would you rather Evan Ingram or Dalton Schultz? Well, Dalton Schultz is an unrestricted free agent. They franchised him this year, so he's we don't know where he's going to be. He's like Austin Hooper from a couple years ago. It's that he was a product of his volume. He was a product of the system. And if like Dalton Schultz signs on, you know, just Washington, I'm just getting random team on Houston. You, he's just going to drop like a stone. I don't yeah. think there's going to be a lot of interest there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, you get inside that. It's like Pat Fryermuth. Or Evan Ingram. Those are the type of decisions I think fantasy managers are going to have to make. Ingram will be 28-29. Fryermuth still young. Yeah. But like you said, well, uh, what I, what the I Jaguars like offenses. Ingram gave you a lot of years of, I don't believe in this guy anymore. Or a lot of years of breaking your hope. And and he took away, for the most part, Evan Ingram was a turd on your bench uh, to start this season. You're like, eh, all right. You know, I need that's. But luckily for me, my late round tight end philosophy 
led me to having a lot of shares of a player like that. So I'm, I'm excited about him, but yeah, yeah uh, I, I don't know if he goes, if he's top five, top six, I'll be a little surprised uh, if that's where the ADP winds up, but probably belongs there. Before we conclude the dynasty 2023 breakouts again, just want to let everybody know if you love videos like this, consider hitting the like button, subscribe to the road YouTube channel. We're putting up new dynasty videos every single week. You follow uh, the geek at F football geek on Twitter. All of his information and content is run through there. He can point you in the right direction. And if you have any questions about any of the players we talked about today, you can um, hit us up on Twitter, DM on uh, any socials. I'm at Alan Sislowski. Everything's linked in the video description below. And I just want to give also uh, we have our serious show, the dynasty hour. You could search it. The SXM app, serious XM app, just the dynasty hour. We have two episodes of dynasty fantasy football content. Hopefully we'll be able to build a library and get more and more uh, up there. So I want to give super flexors uh, two guys that I think that they should consider that they should buy now. And it may look like an overpay, but if these hit, and I think there's a likely chance they can, they're going to double in value within the next three months. And there's two players. I don't think you, you uh, Brock Purdy's one of them. And the other one is Jordan love for, for different reasons. Okay. So I just threw those out there. Let's start with Jordan love and we'll end with Brock Purdy. So Jordan love talk me through why you think that this could be, or may not be uh, a, a, a dynasty buy that can only increase in value over the next three, six months. I mean, it depends on, I'm not sure that the the holder of Jordan Love is ready to sell him for cheap now. Listen, not cheap, but even if like if you pay a first, if you're a Jordan Love guy and someone offers you pick 111 for him, right? That may seem like an overpay. I think it feels like an overpay. But what happens if he's named the starter in three months of that? I, mean, I, I'm I saying, don't recommend doing that. All right, let's don't don't give a first for Jordan Love. But you're right. So obviously the Aaron Rodgers situation is in flux. I think it would be great for all parties. If he left the team, be it uh, via trade or retirement, whatever, whatever it is, Rodgers and the Packers need a parting of ways at this point. Rodgers needs to do the Tom Brady end of a career tour. The Joe Montana. Yeah, like the Joe Montana, Tom Brady end of the year. Put put Aaron Rodgers on a ready to win now team. The, the, The Packers aren't ready to win. So logically, it makes sense in my mind that that will happen. Somehow Rodgers will figure out a way to split from the Packers. I'm going here, trade me yes. and you'll get starting. Um, yeah, I would love that. How about uh, Aaron Rodgers back to Vegas to play with Devonte Adams? Devonte Adams just when he thought he was well. out. He's back in, right? Could happen as well. Um, they like stud him. All right. <laughs> but uh, Rodgers to the jets makes a lot of sense. So the, the, it's time for that move to happen. And I, I'm on board. I'm not sure love is good though. Yeah, like but I, for fan- I wouldn't give first rounders for him. I, I have no idea if he's good. It doesn't matter if he's good. It matters yeah. if he's okay. And and I, from the short, the small sample size, and football is a small sample size. He all right. He, he looks okay to me. Yeah. He, you know, they have they'll need to find out if he's good. So he'll get two years of starts. He'll get a season and a half of it. He would have to be awful. He'd have to be Zach Wilson level awful not to get a full season. And I would think a season and a half because they can pick up a fifth year option. They, the time is now. The time is now. You cannot. It, you you used a, if you're Green Bay, you used a first round pick on him for and for Superflex, where there's quarterback is impossible to get. I believe that Jordan Love is gettable right now. And if you offer that, if you're a contending team and you have Kyler Murray on your team, and you're like, wait a second, I may not have this guy for six months. You know, our friend Brandon Adams in the chat, he went after Daniel Jones. There's no chance you're getting Daniel Jones. He's like, you know, he's a top ten quarterback. But I believe that that uh, Jordan Love could be a top 15 top 12 quarterback for fantasy football we like his weaponry right so the time now is to buy that guy at his at his uh uh floor ish price and i you can get a deal done like that you just said it yourself don't pay a first so if i want to pay a first round rookie pick pick 10 11 12 you know, jordan love can be on my team your mention of brock purdy gave me this thought in my head of like the dynasty like uh, I don't know, like reward ceremony or the Oscars and and the pickup of the year goes to Brock Purdy, you know, like Brock Purdy. What? Mr. Irrelevant available on waivers in your league up until the week he started. In who's in a super co- flex league? Hey, geek, who's going to cost more in a trade in dynasty fantasy football, Brock Purdy or Jordan Love? Who's going to be the more coveted? He's going to cost you more for sure. Purdy now is like, oh, wait a second. The, the the 49ers <laughs> found their starter? What? The Mr. Irrelevant? That's what it looks like. 
So what a crazy time to be alive, right? So Brock Purdy, you picked him up for free, for nothing. You got him for zero. I didn't and even right bid now, on him. I did not even bid on him when I had enough fab to get him. I, you, I feel ashamed. You didn't even bother to bid on him, Mr. Irrelevant. And now that person who bid on him, um, you've got a first round, you've got a first rounder in your pocket. Um, you know, effectively one seven, one six, right after. So where does Purdy go? If I'm on the clock. And the well, rookie some... first round quarterbacks are available. I'm taking them. In fairness, they have draft capital. They were taking. You're talking about capital. in a rookie dynasty draft. In rookie right? dynasty draft. You're on the board. You need a you need a quarterback, right? A lot of people need a quarterback. So, you know, Stroud and all all the mm. all the young QBs are are right. They'll go in the, the top board. five. One six one seven one eight. You need a quarterback. Yeah, you've got to pay one six one seven one eight. For Brock well, Purdy now, at some point we'll find out from the 49ers what their plans are. But uh, well, you know, even Brandon Adams there in the chat still thinks it's Trey yeah. Lance. Well, here you go, here you go, here. I, here's the, we may not. This is what I believe will happen, Geek, and I think this is the that they are going to open camp or open offseason activities with an open competition. Right, that's what it's going to be. It's if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, he's not named the starter. That's how powerful draft pedigree is. That. If they if they don't trade Trey Lance or trade Brock Purdy, like if both of those guys are on the roster, and that's the most likely scenario, there's going to be an open competition leaning Purdy until they figure it out because they're not going to get what they paid for Trey Lance, the 49ers. And you know, they could they could sell him tomorrow to a team like Washington for pick whatever it is, 18 plus, you know. So that is those two guys for Dynasty Fantasy Football. We talk about breakouts on this episode. Purdy's already broken out. He's still acquirable. And Jordan Love with the other super flex guy. Let's end it there. We'll be back next week. And um, Geek, uh, we'll have you back on again in a couple of weeks. I, I've been bugging you to come on here. We'll uh, continue talking about our Dynasty breakouts. Again, if you like videos like this, consider hitting the like subscribe to the channel all of our information is linked in the video description below if you like that we do the uh the audio version of this if you like your podcast via audio uh i'll put the link in the video description below you can get all of our audio podcasts all right everybody we'll see you next week good luck in your dynasty leagues and start trading dynasty season is open everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.